worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Verses 1 through 24, all of Ephesians chapter 6. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful gift of your word, your word which is the bread of life, the word which is the sword of the spirit, the word of God which is you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift that you are to us in so, so many ways. Father, more and more help us to grow an understanding of how we are to allow you to permeate our lives and to uh, place your word and uh, fill our hearts and our minds with your word and help us more and more to grow insofar as how to put the wonderful gift of the weapon of your word to work in our lives. 
and thank you for the victories that are ours as we learn to do, to do this wisely and skillfully. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we're so thankful that we can approach your holy throne today, and we recognize it's not because of anything we've done, but because of what your Son did on the cross for us. We come clothed in his righteousness. We're thankful to have your listening ear today. We're thankful, Father, to look back and see how you've answered prayers. And even in those prayers that, Father, we ask, and it doesn't seem like that you reacted, we know that you did, that you responded in a way that's best for us. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Uh, once again, a, a continual reminder, we want to remind you, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And if you'd like to receive copies of any of the resources that we share about, we're glad to share them with you. We want to share them with you because, again, uh, the, their resources are, amongst other things, their tools, and you could think of them as weapons that help you to be better equipped, but also tools that you can pass on and share with others in your family, friends, fellow church members, so many things that we have and that we have access to. So feel free to email us to get them if you'd like. Any of the resources that we provide, again, we're glad to share them with you. Today we're looking specifically at the topic the Word of God, the key to all of life. Again, the Word of God, the key to all of life. And amongst other things, part of what we're wanting to help you to grow in is your understanding of how important it is that you and I understand that God's Word is the, the most powerful, amongst other things, the most powerful weapon in the world. As, as we read in Ephesians 6, it refers to the Word of God as being the sword of the Spirit. And also we learn from the Word of God that the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. And so Jesus is uh, hes the Son of God. He's God. He's the creator of the universe. He's that, all of that and so much more. And so it's wise for us to grow an understanding of how critical a place the Word of God needs to have in each of our lives and how we're to learn to take it as the weapon that it is and use it daily because we live in a dangerous and crazy world. And there is no weapon whereby we can, again, not only defend ourselves, but also be on offense to go forward to tear down the kingdom of darkness and build the kingdom of light as we learn to take the word of God and use it fruitfully for the weapon that it is. So we invite you now to look with us in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. 
Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Again, verses 1 through 11 of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Now this chapter, again, is a unique chapter in the Word of God. It's a powerful chapter, and it's a very eye-opening chapter as well. Here we find the creator of the universe, and we have one of his creatures trying to tempt him to do wrong. What a tremendous thing it is that our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was even willing to be subjected to such a thing. But the reality is it almost seems, in a sense, like a silly battle. Because remember, the Word of God is also the creator of the universe as well. And the devil tries to come against him and tries to outsmart Jesus. And, of course, he fails miserably. Then the devil tries to even take the word of God and use the word of God on the word of God, Jesus. And he fails miserably once again. And note, though, a very important lesson for us as believers to learn from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the greatest teacher there ever was. And he taught both through the words he spoke and he taught by example as well. But here is he's teaching us by example how you battle the devil. Every time Satan came to Jesus with a temptation, notice Jesus' response is always, he, in each case, he would quote the Old Testament. Now keep in mind, anything Jesus would have said would have been the Word of God. Now keep in mind, you might say, well, why didn't Jesus quote the New Testament? Well, kind of obvious, the New Testament wasn't written at that point. But Jesus was, amongst other things, teaching us how to battle the devil. So each time he quoted scriptures from the Old Testament as a way to battle anything the devil came against him with. And you, are, you and I are very wise to really learn on a, a very important lesson from this passage. You don't fight the devil with your intellect. You don't try to fight him with your philosophy. You don't try to fight him with just your clever ideas you fight Satan with the Word of God. We do it as we, as we read and meditate on the Word of God that fortifies us to be strong against the temptations of the evil one. As we learn to speak the Word of God and stand on the promises of God's Word, that's how we battle the enemy successfully and victoriously. We use the Word of God. Remember this. The Word of God is the most powerful weapon in all of the universe. And the fact is, when God's word is properly used, the devil has no defense against the word of God. So as believers, it's critical that we understand that we're, we need to be fortified and we need to be fortifying our lives every day by spending time reading and meditating on the word of God, obeying the word of God, and learning to put the word of God to work in our lives as well. I've shared before, but I think it's wise for us as believers to grow an understanding of how we utilize the word of God for the weapon that it is. Again, as I said, I've shared before that there are at least seven ways we can use the Word of God every day in our lives, and we're wise to use 
use them in each way, because remember, each way is one. Each way we use the Word of God, it edifies us and it strengthens us spiritually as well. We can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, obey it, pray it, and meditate on it. All of them are related, but none of them are quite the same thing. You can read the Word of God, but not choose to obey the Word of God. You can pray the Word of God, but maybe not necessarily choose to meditate on the Word of God. All of them are edifying. All of them are productive. All of them are ways to be on offense spiritually as you put the Word of God, the powerful Word of God, to work in your life in each of these ways. Notice here once again in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus uses the sword of the Spirit on the devil as he simply quotes the Old Testament scriptures that he quotes. And again, each time he defeats Satan to the point where the devil, at, at the end of this, at, at this point in time, leaves Jesus alone for the time being. Well, the Bible does tell us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, Jesus very effectively resisted him and was victorious over him as he simply put the word of God to work. So as believers learning promises in the word of God and learning to speak those promises every day, standing on them for the promises they are is a wise way for us to do battle in our lives each and every day. Now, of course, as we mentioned of those seven ways, again, we can, all these seven things, again, that we can do with the word daily, we can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, pray it, obey it, and meditate on it. Now, keep in mind, on a pretty regular basis, as I share on this broadcast, I encourage believers to set a goal of reading no less than three chapters a day in the Bible. That's a good basic spiritual meal. But remember, when you're reading the Word of God, you're spending time with Jesus, and the Word of God is nourishing your mind, body, and spirit. It's edifying you, and it's strengthening you, and drawing you closer to the Lord. So time in the Word of God, that's an effective battle strategy all by itself. But we'll pick up there on the other side. We're looking today at the topic, the Word of God, the key to all of life. We'll be right back. Fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, 
They comfort me when I'm beat down, broken. Hold my heart when it's split wide open. Turn these eyes to my soul protector and break the will of this born defector. Cause all I know, all I know is you're my only hope. Music of Toby Mac with I Just Need You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, the Word of God, the key to all of life. And, you know, it's so important for us to recognize that it's not an exaggeration at all to say the Word of God is the key to all of life. Because remember, amongst other things, the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. When you're reading the Word of God, Jesus is spending time with you. He's interacting with you. He's pouring wisdom, grace, power, and insight into your mind, your heart, and your life. That's, it's critical that we understand we need that absolutely every single day. You know, in the passage, once again, in uh, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus himself, in quoting the Old Testament, he tells us again, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, you know, as he shares that scripture, Jesus is sharing so much eternal wisdom that we as believers are wise to grasp. Note again what he says. Again, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, in our humanness, basically as human beings, we understand that we need bread. In other words, we need we need food to eat every day. If you ask your average crowd of people, how many of you eat at least one meal every day? Well, you're typically going to get every hand in the group. You ask them, how many of you all eat at least two meals a day? You're once again probably going to get every hand in the group. And you might might not want to continue to ask because if you ask how many eat three and four and five times, you may continue to get most hands. Well, the fact is people understand that they need bread. But Jesus is sharing an eternal truth that we're so wise to grasp. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, the word of God literally is more critical and more important to us in life than the bread we eat for our physical bodies. Now, the fact is many human beings, they just flat wouldn't believe that, but it's actually true. Jesus's word, that is the word of God, ministers to our minds, bodies, and spirits. The Word of God nourishes our minds, our bodies, and our spirit, and it does so much more than that. So at at a minimal, being a student of God's Word, one who reads and meditates on the Word of God every day, that's just a very critical foundational, should be a critical foundational part of our daily lifestyle, getting into God's Word every single day and thus spending time one-on-one with Jesus 
time that's critical for each and every one of us. I'm going to take time to read that same passage again, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, once again, and listen again to the wisdom of Jesus as he responds to the, the attempted, well, the temptation that the devil lays before him. Again, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, once again. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Again, verses 1 through 11, powerful insights from Matthew chapter 4. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession today. Again, we're looking at the topic, the Word of God, the key to all of life. Look with me now in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 10. I want to share with you another passage that has some very important insight and wisdom about why getting into God's Word every day and putting it to work in our lives every day is so critical to each and every one of us. Luke 10, starting at verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. In verses 38 to 42, Luke chapter 10. As we look at this passage, you know, it's a a beautiful story, a very short passage, but it has some powerful life lessons for every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world. Note what takes place here. Jesus and his disciples enter a village and they're welcomed in the home of a a young woman by the name of uh, Martha. And it says she was welcomed into her house. But also Martha had a sister called Mary. But note, it very clearly points out that once Jesus and his disciples come into their home, what Mary does is, as we're told in verse 39, it says, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Listen to that again. And she had a sister called Mary who who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
reading it again. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. When Jesus came into their home, Mary focused on sitting at the feet of the Messiah and listening to him and learning from him. Now, note what Martha does. Now, both of them apparently are believers of, of the Lord Jesus, and they love the Lord. But Martha, if you can picture Martha in this passage, she's probably cleaning up, cooking, preparing it with a house full of guests, as which would be considered very normal for uh, a young uh, hostess with lots of visitors in her home. But notice Mary is not trying to help Martha at all. Her focus and her concentration is to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. Well, at a certain point in time, Martha realizes her sister's not helping her. Notice the scripture says in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister's left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Martha, when she realizes her sister's not helping her, is apparently pretty upset, upset to the point where she doesn't scold her sister. It looks like she's scolding Jesus, I guess because he's allowing her to sit down and listen to her to him while she is in there, quote-unquote, slaving, probably in the kitchen or doing what hostesses do when they have lots of guests. But note very clearly both the counsel of the Scripture itself and Jesus help us understand what's right and what's wrong, what's wise and what's not wise in this situation. Note the scripture itself says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted. What does it mean to be distracted? To be distracted is to be pulled away from the more important thing. So the scripture clearly lets us know it's not Mary that's distracted. It's Martha that's distracted. What is Martha doing? Probably cooking, cleaning, preparing to fix dinner. Well, are we saying fixing dinner for guests is not important? Not at all. That's not the point at all. The very important point here is Mary was wise enough to make the priority of her life when Jesus came into her home to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen and learn to him. For every believer listening today, it's critical that we understand one of the high priorities of life for every disciple of Jesus Christ, every serious disciple is spending serious time every day sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and learning from him. How do we do that? Now you might say, well, I didn't live when Jesus was carrying out his earthly ministry. How could I ever sit at the feet of Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me help you out. When you open your Bible and spend time reading and meditating on the Word of God, that's one of the ways whereby you and I can sit at the feet of Jesus. In other words, Sit intimately and listen and learn from him. So when you're reading and meditating on scripture, then you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. When you're spending time praying according to the word of God, that too is a way whereby you sit and listen and learn at the feet of Jesus. We're all called to do it. Not that there aren't other things in life that you have to do as well, but one of the high priorities of every follower of Jesus Christ should be living a lifestyle of sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and learning from him. Why is that important? Because God has guidance and direction and instructions for us insofar as how we live our lives to serve him, to follow him, 
and to carry out his call on our lives. And we receive those instructions, those marching orders as we live a lifestyle of sitting at the feet of Jesus. How critical it is that we seek to, in a sense, you might say, have a merry kind of heart in a Martha kind of world. A heart that will say, I must make time to sit at the feet of Jesus today and every day to get my marching orders to better understand what I've been called to do and to know how to carry it out as I spend time with the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for the opportunity you give to every one of us as believers to live a lifestyle like Mary, sitting at your feet. Help us to recognize, Lord, that us reading a verse or two from time to time here and there in our lives just doesn't cut it. Help us to know, Lord, that being diligent students of your word, believers who are wise enough to open your word and spend time with you one-on-one every day is a critical part of being faithful disciples. Help us to grow an understanding, Lord, of sitting at your feet is one of the ways whereby we dwell in the secret place. It's one of the ways whereby we dwell in that close, intimate relationship with you, whereby you can speak to us, you can give us instruction, guidance and direction so that we'll better know the specific call and callings upon our lives and we'll know better how to carry those out. Help us to recognize, Lord, there's so much work that you have to be done. And in order to know that will, we must live lives of having ears to hear, to listen to your word, to listen to your spirit as you speak to us, guidance, counsel, and direction for our our life as a whole and our unique life as an individual believer who's been called of God with certain tasks and responsibilities as an individual. Lord, help us to recognize that every one of us has a calling and many callings in our lives. And it's our task to be wise enough to follow you closely enough to where we're always listening, always living with, uh, always a living life with ears to hear what you have us to have, would have us to hear and eyes to see what you want us to see. Lord, help us to know, Lord, we live in a world where so many times those who say they're followers of you miss so many things because we're not listening. We miss so many things because we're not looking as we should. But help us to better understand that spending time with you one-on-one at your feet, spending time with you in that secret place of listening to your word, meditating on your word, thinking on your word, obeying your word, there it's where we can discern what you're calling us to do even when no one else seems to hear, even when no one else seems to see what they need to be hearing, what they need to be seeing. Father, help us to recognize, Lord, that your word truly is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Help us to learn to use your word that way. Teach us to live a lifestyle of sitting at your feet, listening to you, learning from you, and being the equipped and uh, well-equipped warriors and followers that you would have us to be. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Again, you're listening to the hour hour of intercession as we're looking today at the topic, the word of God, the key to all of life. We'll be right back. Sent down from glory 
holy king, a carpenter. But you are the living word, Come on. Come on, Houston, you can say it one time with us. Send down from glory. Many things. Come on, somebody say it. music of Fred Hammond with You Are the Living Word. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, the Word of God, the key to all of life. We invite you to look with us now in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters of proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Johnnies and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no farther, no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Verses 1 through 17, all of 2 Timothy chapter 3. You know, this passage starts out explaining about the last days, the end times, and how things will be in our society. And of course, as you read this powerful passage from 2 Timothy, it seems like you're almost reading from the headlines of our day and time in which we live. Perilous things going on in our world. We live in a very dangerous and a perilous world in so, so many ways. 
war in faraway places and war not so far off. We hear of economic difficulties and we hear of tragedies around us. Uh, the, the tragic uh, recent news item about a, a six-year-old shooting his own teacher, and thank the Lord that she did live, but the fact that such a thing could happen, again, a reflection of the perilous times we live in. But you know, the passage doesn't leave us hopeless at all. In fact, the, this chapter ends with the answer to the perilous times we live in. What is the answer? The answer is the Word of God. Note once again what it tells us, picking up at verse 14 through 17. Note again what it says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, from 2 Timothy chapter 3. Well, again, the chapter lets us know that the answer to the perilous times we live in is the Word of God. And, you know, it's so critical that we as believers recognize that by no means are we we to feel hopeless, to feel like uh, the cause is lost. God is still on his throne. He always has been. He always will be. But his answer to the problems of the world have never changed. The answer is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And one of the great needs we are experiencing in our culture is for us as the church, to simply do what we've been called to do, go into all the world and make disciples. When we think again of the the tragedy that has been in the news so much about this tragic situation with a six-year-old that brought a gun to school and used it as he did, well, the reality is, sadly, it's an example of a child being discipled in darkness. Now, without knowing all the details, again, we know this to be true, that too many of our very young children have Internet access and they can consume darkness by the gallon. Now, personally, I'm of the opinion elementary children have no business having access, having access to the Internet. But the reality is lots of them do. It's important for us to understand that none of us function in a vacuum. The fact is we all get lots and lots of input from many different directions in the world. We as Christian parents and grandparents need to be wise about being very deliberate about doing our part to be sure our children are getting the right input. What is the right input? The Word of God. There's nothing our children need more than the powerful Word of God. The Word of God can save our children. It's the tool to the key tool for discipling our children, helping them to grow up and grow strong and for them to have right values, right perspectives, right thinking. Remember, the Word of God is pure light. The Word of God is Jesus. And so when your child is reading the Word of God, Jesus is working on your child. He's molding and shaping and working in his, on his mind and on his heart. There's nothing that's better for our children than the precious Word of God. Yet, tragically, you have many a child that they're not in church. They're not being exposed to the blessings that come from being in the life of the church. Many children may not know the last time they even touched a Bible, much less opened and read it. And obviously people, children who are in families that aren't connected to the church in any way, but what is tragic is too many times even children that go to church 
may not very much really read their Bibles. Parents, it's important for us to understand clearly one of our priorities as Christian parents is discipling our children. I'm reminded of wisdom and insight from Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. It tells us these words. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Again, verses 1 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, every parent listening, you would be wise to go back and read and reread and meditate on that passage because God is clearly calling us to live a lifestyle of teaching and training our children in the powerful Word of God. Remember, there's power in God's Word. There's power in the Word of God from Genesis all all the way through Revelation. So when we're having our children to read the Word of God, then the Word of God is working on them. And again, If you don't already have the habit, I would encourage you to start in your home, parents. Having your children to read at least three chapters out loud to you every day is such an important battle strategy. Because remember, you're pouring the eternal light of God's Word into their minds and their hearts. Often we need to turn off all the weapons of mass distraction, turn off the the TVs and the computers and all the electronic things and Let our children sit and read the Word of God out loud to us now. And again, one of the reasons why it's important to have them read to you is because that's how you know they did it. And for those parents that say, well, I just tell my child to do it, and I believe he or she'll do it, well, good for you. I hope they will, but the reality is children are children. But parents that are wise enough to see to it that their children will do it in front of them are wise indeed because the reality is if you ask your average parent, Dad or mom, did you ever lie to your dad or mom? Well, lots of parents would be ashamed of their answer. So parents, having your child read to you is a way to be sure that you're planting seeds in the daily in the hearts and the minds of your children of the eternal word of God. So that's one of the great battle strategies for every parent, putting the word of God in our children. Because remember, when they're reading the word of God, remember, Jesus is working on them himself. It's important that we take this job, this this task of discipling our children very, very serious. Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us as parents, as grandparents, as uncles, as aunts, as people who have the opportunity to influence children. Thank you for the opportunity you give us of discipling our children, teaching them and training them to read your word, teaching them and training them to obey your word, and teaching and training them how to pray and to seek you and to follow you. Help us, Lord, to be diligent about carrying out this great responsibility. 
And Lord, more and more, help us to grow an understanding of the fact that your word, the word of God, really is the key to all of life. Help us to never be so busy and so caught up that we neglect to spend the time in your word and thus neglect spending time with you and building our relationship with you. Help us to make more and more seeking you the priority that we need to in our lives. We thank you. We praise you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, again, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family today. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the all-important step of asking Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, one of the reasons why we, uh, on a regular basis, we give this opportunity because the fact is, on any given day, there may be people listening who've never listened before. And we want to give you that opportunity because today really is a great day to be saved. If you'd like to make that step, we invite you to simply pray this prayer with us now and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with us even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. You said in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live my whole life following you. Help me, Lord, to faithfully read and meditate on your word every day. Help me, Lord, to faithfully pray and seek you in prayer each and every day. And help me, Lord, to faithfully live what I learn from your word each and every day. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much are wanting to hear from you and be in touch with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We want to share with you some literature some resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, simply email us at that email, joseph at afr.net. And also keep in mind, on an ongoing basis, if there are other resources, prayer resources, discipleship resources that we provide that you'd like, same email, just email us, joseph at afr.net. We're glad to share them with you. Our hope is that you'll take and use them for you and your family, and in turn, share them with other family members people saved and unsaved, church members, others that you may know that allows us to be co-workers in the kingdom of God working together. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we were looking today at the topic, the Word of God, the key to all of life. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.